The Big 12 is not just dominating the transfer portal. Buddy, we're running away with it. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Baby, guess which conference has the most teams in the top 10 of team rankings for the transfer portal? That would be the Dose Grande. Number two in the country. Come on down to Colorado Buffs. Number three, those TCU Frogs. At number nine, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Who You say, oh, didn't they already have just a dominating class here? Did they just have a dominating recruiting class? A, a bunch of youngsters coming in that are great. They do. And they have some transfers as well. And at number 10, what? Where did you come from? Where did you come from? Coach Dillingham and company at Arizona State. That is four of the top 10. Now, the number one team in the country is Ole Miss, but Colorado and TCU fall right behind them. And what we are seeing is teams. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is the best part. This is the best part. Teams that needed it. All right. Teams that needed to get better in the transfer portal are going and they are doing it. That's not just that, that doesn't apply to the entire Big 12. It doesn't apply to the entire country. Look at like a Baylor, right? Baylor was really bad at football this year. They were three and nine. They're 11th in the Big 12 and past 52nd in the country, according to 24-7 in team recruiting rankings. So it, it doesn't. this doesn't apply to the entire Big 12. And look, I, I cannot make the case to you that a Kansas has dominated the transfer portal, right? The depth this conference has. But I can make the case that Kansas has had positive attrition through the portal and has not needed to add very many pieces. A lot of their key guys who could come back have come back. Look at a BYU, though. I, I need more from BYU in the transfer portal. After you learned last year how hard it is to compete at the highest level of college football, I need to see more from you in the portal. Oklahoma State, kind of like in Kansas, I don't necessarily. You know what you have. You've got a lot of guys that want to return, returning, including Alan Bowman, who is 28 years old or whatever he is now. You are okay. And Iowa State's kind of a middleman, despite being 16th in the Big 12 in the transfer portal right now. They've seen positive attrition and don't need to be elite. But the teams that were bad last year or did not meet expectations last year that needed to go to the portal, had guys leave via the portal, and needed to make a splash are doing that. Colorado is still trying to prove to you and me and everybody else that this whole transfer thing is going to work. Newsflash, in my way too early Big 12 preview, I'm going to tell you why Colorado will still not be very good next year because I, I haven't seen anything different. However, they're building a roster that might have the most talent in the Big 12 from a uh, who's a blue chip, who's not. Colorado is going to run away with this whole thing. Is that good or bad? TBD. They're not the team I want to focus on today. Instead, I want to go to like a TCU. They need five and seven wasn't good. So they went out and got 15 commitments so far through the transfer portal. And when, 
when Sonny Dykes first came in, it's not like TCU said we have to recreate this team. They didn't pull a G.J. Kenny. They didn't pull a Deion Sanders. They got the right pieces. And I trust that when they got the right pieces after they went to a national championship, that they can do it again under Sonny Dykes. Look at a Texas Tech. Joey McGuire has never pretended to lean on the transfer portal. It's never been the, oh, we, we have to recruit the transfer portal above all else. You're seeing like a Baylor do that right now because their recruiting class was so bad from the high school ranks. They have to lean on the portal. For Texas Tech, it's where do what do we need? We already had a really good class of newcomers coming in. What could we do to plug and play here to make things better? And they get 10 commits that have put them in the top 10 of the country. For Arizona State, it's we were really bad last year. We have to make a change. For Houston, who's in the top 20 in the transfer portal rankings in America, theirs was not only were we bad, we we were bad so much so that we had to fire our head coach. So the new guy is going to come in and rebuild via the portal because it's tough to, to build up a class of freshmen with two weeks before signing day. And you know what? Willie Fritz still built up his class of freshmen. Then a Cincinnati with Scott Satterfield, sixth in the Big 12 right now, eight commits coming in, UCF right there behind them. For Cincinnati, kind of the same thing. I needed to see them be on the top half of this conference in the transfer portal to be able to compete next year after seeing how bad they were last year. Then there's the UCF conversation. I I am shocked with how so many people are devaluing KJ Jefferson being at UCF. They don't believe that KJ Jefferson, who was a statistic God at Arkansas. He's the greatest quarterback in their history from a statistic standpoint. Why do so many people not like this? I can tell you, can I be honest with you? Can I, can I pull it back if you're a UCF fan, especially? His attitude was an issue. I watched so many games. It's like, is this dude even trying right now? Then they fired the offense coordinator, Danny Enos at Arkansas, and he looked a lot better. Coming to UCF, playing for Gus Malazan, that's going to change. There's also, to me, a different culture at UCF and a culture that is a culture that is fun. At Arkansas, there was a lot of pressure to win and pressure to succeed in every moment. At UCF, it's, look, dude, we're in the conference that had Nelly play the halftime show. Let's just go out there and get business done with Gus Malazan, a fun offensive coordinator, a fun head coach, a fun guy. Do it. I think KJ Jefferson is going to be key. And now what you're seeing, and we had this conversation this week, As much as the SEC and the Big Ten want to scream, oh, we're the best conference in America. A lot of the top transfers are now coming to Big 12 schools. And also, I'm not going to take the excuse of, yeah, well, a lot of these SEC teams have been playing in bowl games right now, so they can't figure this thing out. They can't really recruit the port. No, no. These head coaches have staffs that go 100 people deep to do this stuff all the time, constantly. You're telling me they're getting out-recruited in the transfer portal by a TCU that's shown that it cannot just win with the portal, but also develop out of the portal? Maybe that maybe that, that, that light bulb. Maybe that's the problem with Colorado. We know they can recruit transfers and build probably the best 24-7 roster in the Big 12, which that looks great on the screen, but does it equate to wins? Can they develop the talent? We've seen that from TCU. I think we're going to see that from Joey McGuire and Texas Tech. Arizona State, I think we can see that from Dillingham and company. Houston, we already know how good, how dangerous Willie Fritz is. Here are the teams in the Big 12 that needed to go out and revamp their teams and that are showing they are serious about the NIL, about NIL and the transfer portal. There are, t- I, I'm learning right now. Can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? I am learning there are Big 12 teams, despite this conference being number one in the portal right now, who need to care a little bit more. 
I need to put a little more oomph into not just the portal, but also NIL. And the portal can be a direct reflection of what your commitment to the NIL is. So you go to a school like Baylor that claimed a couple of months ago that it was number one in the Big 12 in, the, in, in, NIL, in NIL. And it turns out they weren't. It deleted that graphic. Uh, uh, why was it even up, dude? And you go to a school like that and you say, okay, all right. Well, your commitment to NIL should reflect your portal if you're a bad team and need to go portaling, right? Well, it, they reflect one another. and It's a bad reflection. Now, look, here's this, too. We talk about positive attrition. Some teams don't want to go to the portal. They don't need the portal. Alabama is outside the top 40. LSU is outside the top 35. Florida and Texas and Tennessee are all outside the top 30 in transfer portal classes. Maybe there's a reason that these teams at the very top are having such good classes. Because, look, NC State's also in the top 10. They're not a perennial powerhouse. Purdue's in the top 10, not a perennial powerhouse. But what it proves... There are teams, there are coaches that are committed to winning, and the transfer portal might just even the playing field. We're not seeing Alabama in the top five of the transfer portal rankings. We're seeing teams like an AM who fired its coach, or a USC who have good brands, but they just went seven and five. What we're seeing is maybe the playing field is evening because of the Big 12. Because the Big 12 gets to be at the top of this. Coming up, Gary Bohannon to BYU. That's a good transfer move. This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team. It's every day. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is where I go to make money. I say, look, I want to make money today, so I go to FanDuel. I have been, I took a new job. I, didn't t- I haven't told you guys what it is yet, but I took a new job, and I spent like $200 making my own uniform because I wanted it to look cool. So I went said, I need to make $200 back to FanDuel. And it was that easy. I went in. I even got a couple hundred or 150 bucks in free play because I put $5 down on a bet. The NFL regular season is wrapping up. There's still time to get in on the action. New customers, 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed. When you just place a $5 bet, just place one, place one. $5 bet, get 150 bucks in bonus bets. Easy to use. Live ga- live same game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular plays. And visit FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to get that 150 FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Gary Bohannon is a BYU Cougar. The same Gary Bohannon that I watched win a Sugar Bowl. The same Gary Bohannon from Earl, Arkansas that I watched beat the brakes off of BYU in McLean Stadium in Waco against the Cougars is now playing in Provo, Utah. And when I tell you, when A-Rod gets his hands on this kid, something special can happen. Something special can happen. I believe that Gary Bohannon could be the starter for BYU next season after what I saw him do at Baylor University. He threw for 2,200 yards, 18 touchdowns, seven interceptions in the Jeff Grimes offense where he was not asked to do too much. And as long as he's not asked to do too much, he is a game controller. He is a field general. What he is going to give you, what Gary Bohan is going to give you, because I've seen it with my own two eyes, is experience. It's the ability to run the football effectively. It's the ability to create and to do it intelligently. This dude, might I remind you, as a Baylor Bear, in a system where, remember that Jeff Grimes guy I just mentioned? You BYU folks, you know him. That same dude just got fired from Baylor as a scapegoat. I mean, like Dave Arena was going to lose his job, had to offload a bunch of people. Well, the offense was, nobody complained about the offense in 2021, where Gary was nails. Won the Sugar Bowl, took them to the Big 12 championship, which Baylor eventually won. Gary wasn't in that game due to injury, but he got him there. Bohannon beat BYU in Waco. 
Bohannon beat Oklahoma. He beat Texas that year. And his numbers would be even better if not for injury in that season. Gary Bohannon was a really impressive quarterback at Baylor. You all saw it, BYU fans. And I do believe he can get back to that. I do believe he can get back to that. He is. This is my freshman year. College would be his sophomore year. He's old. He's old, man. I was calling a game on the radio and for Baylor. And just remember him breaking a runoff and thinking, oh, my gosh. That might be the fastest dude in the team. And his legs are tree trunks. And watching practice in a quarterback battle and thinking, oh, my gosh. This dude might not be electric, might not be a total game changer. He's not an elite quarterback. There are about 15, 10, 15 of those in in, in the NCAA. But what he is, is a guy that knows how to win. And BYU needs that. Had nine touchdown runs, 323 yards that year for Baylor in 2021. And he just won football games. So if that's what you want, then you got it in Gary Bohannon. His arm also developed. I am watching him his sophomore year, 2019, against Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship, which again, this is a cat that's played in a Big 12 championship in 2019, got the team to one in 2021, was absolutely lights out behind Charlie Brewer, and then stepped up as the starter and started and won a Sugar Bowl against Ole Miss. Same cat. I remember watching him in that Big 12 championship against OU in 2019. Jalen Hurts, that's how old he is. C.D. Lamb and Jalen, I, I used a urinal next to C.D. Lamb at that game. That's how old Gary Bohannon is. Jeez. But in that one, going toe-to-toe with Jalen Hurts, he took it to overtime. Gary Bohannon took it to overtime. Now, a cast of characters played quarterback for Baylor in that game, but I remember thinking, I don't think Gary is ready. He's going to need some time. And guess what? Given time, he was good. At USF, he dealt with injuries. You didn't get to see the full encapsulation of what Gary Bohannon can be, but I promise you, the same guy that only had... Listen to this. He was only sacked nine times in 2021. He has only been sacked 16 times in his career. Listen to this. Somebody clip this and post this on Twitter. Gary Bohannon has thrown 473 passes in his career in college football. That's a lot. He's only been sacked 16 times. Wasn't always playing behind an NFL caliber offensive line, but he was elusive. He's a guy who has played in a couple of Big 12 championships or gotten the team there, has won a Sugar Bowl, played in two Sugar Bowls, is as experienced, literally as experienced as they come in college football, and has delivered wins. That's why I think he can be effective. I think he can win. If he stays healthy, there are big ifs here. I'm giving you a lot of the positives. If he stays healthy, he can be a dynamic quarterback in the Big 12. And you'll remember, locked on Big 12 two years ago, said that Gary Bohannon would be QB of the year at Baylor in 2022. It was announced that Blake Shapin would be the starter. I bet Baylor regrets that move because Gary Bohannon goes to USF and Blake Shapin, USF and Blake Shapin never pans out. And now he's Mississippi State. Bohannon's dealt with some bad coaching changes, some rough coaching decisions from his head coaches, but he's still here. He's still competing. And I think that BYU got a good one. Trust me on it. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. Let him start. Jibo. I got some funny Jibo stories. You want some funny Jibo stories? Just let me know. Hit me up because I got plenty of them. Uh, Coming up, Let's talk Will Howard to Ohio State with Jay Stevens, the host of Locked On Buckeyes here on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is where I go to find the last minute tickets for the lowest prices. Guaranteed. I love to go to stuff. I go to concerts. I went to a concert the other day. I saw Turnpike Troubadour, Troubadours. <clears throat> Got my tickets at Game Time. That's right. GameTime.co. Download the app, the GameTime app. Easy to use. The only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, see your seat. Use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. That's right. Locked on, $20 off. Then with that, with $20 off, your tickets are $20. It's free. Download the GameTime app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed with Locked in a show that was planned to happen at some point in time but didn't know what happened on this day when this big news came in it's drake toll of locked on big 12 and drake before we i want to hear anything from you i gotta make one statement about will howard the buckeyes wanted a quarterback to come in that made them a playoff contender and that's what Will Howard is. They would be a playoff contender in the 14 playoff. And I think in the 12, automatically, they'll be in that field as well. I'll, I'll tell you this, Jay. I think Ohio State, with or without Will Howard, is still a playoff contender and should be in a 12-team playoff every year. That 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 is – there's no question asked, in my opinion, from even a Big 12 perspective. Ohio State is one of what I consider to be 8 to 10 teams in the country that can win a national championship year in and year out. That's a short list of elite programs. Ohio State's one of them. And what they just got in a quarterback is Will Howard, who, who I wouldn't say is elite, but can be. But can be. And the reason I wouldn't say Will Howard is elite is because there's still something out there to be desired in his numbers. There's a point in time this year where Kansas State fans are saying, look, it's time. It's time. Will Howard has progressed out of Kansas State. And when he left, there wasn't a a large murmur from Kansas State fans that the program was going awry. They were ready for a new era in Manhattan. And it felt like Will Howard was ready for the same. That's why he entered the portal. There were moments, flashes of Will Howard being one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the country. If you harness that... If you put the pieces that listen to this, if you put the pieces that Ohio State will around Will Howard compared to a Kansas State, he's going to be just fine and will be playoff caliber and national championship caliber. It's just a matter of how can you harness the best Will Howard? I think you use the word dynamic. Was that what you use to describe him as a quarterback? Very much so. Yeah. At six foot five, about 240. Drake, that's not normal to say about a guy of that size that's throwing the rock all over the field. Well, you'd be shocked to hear he had 19 rushing touchdowns during his career at Kansas State. And I was, too, as I'm doing a little bit more research in the last two weeks when he transferred out. I thought, all right, why are these Kansas State fans happy that he's gone? Why are some of them rejoicing that the Avery Johnson era is in in Manhattan? And look, I'm shocked to see how well Will Howard did with his legs. And maybe the reason we took away from that was them having Adrian Martinez in there and Avery Johnson in there and their ability to run the football. When you're compared to those guys, you're definitely not seen as the dual threat. But at six foot five, the ability to use his leg to get in legs to get into the end zone in the red zone is something you need, especially in the Big Ten, where you have hotly contested defenses that get tighter in the red zone. You see a lot of field goal kickers in the Big Ten that are top notch. Will Howard is going to be anti-field goal kicker for the way that he can get in the end zone when he's down there. Now, on dynamic, yes, but also the word inconsistent. Again, look at his Mm -hmm. QBR over the course of his last five games, and it's 94, then 53, then 91, and 83, and then 69. He fluctuates. And in some games, you would see, uh uh-oh, 
Time to press the button and bring in Avery Johnson to give you the dynamic backup, but with something you're going to talk about the rest of the show, the dynamic quarterback room, not just dynamic quarterback, but room that Ohio State has is going to give you options and packages. And I'm hoping that Ryan Day and company actually use that. You don't have to lean on Will Howard to do everything. Kansas State never did, and it worked out in their advantage. They were a good football team. You know, when I watched him play, I watched some highlights and some tape of him recently. I was not so much now the 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 legs and the way he utilized his legs always pops off. Yeah. But man, big guy, big arm, and he knows how to use it. That's one of the things that I think Ohio State fans next year will be yeah. like, wait, we have a guy that can consistently get the ball downfield to our receivers that want to catch the ball downfield in one-on-one situations. They'll be happy to have that in Columbus. He can throw a slant route. And Jay, look, that right there, it might sound like I'm trying to diss the kid. But if you watch enough college football like you and I do, there are not a lot of quarterbacks that can throw the easiest route in football. And it's a slant route. I see so many guys that miss the target, throw it too slow. It gets tipped at the line. Not this guy. It is on a rope every single time, and it's on the money. I watched him in person three times over the course of his college career, and I saw him pick apart opposing secondaries. When given an offensive line like he had at Kansas State, that's what he can do. Not only can he get outside of the pocket, use that frame to fall forward for a couple of yards in short yard scenarios, he can take it over the top, but I think he's best in that mid-range. I love watching the way that Will Howard stands tall, takes his time. He doesn't freak out. He's old. He's experienced. And he delivers. The guy started multiple games his freshman year due to an injury to Skylar Thomas and Thompson in 2020. So he's seen a lot of college football. And he's seen some good defenses in the Big 12. It's a step up in the Big 10 for sure. But what he brings you is a calm presence that can fire a slant route. And that is a lot more than I can say about a whole lot of college quarterbacks. How is his pocket awareness? Pocket awareness, great. Like I said, he is... He is a, oh, can I use the quote I, earlier? If you want to teach, this is what I said about Will Howard and not just his pocket presence, but his leadership. Uh, if you want someone to build a ship, don't teach them how to put parts together. Make them long for the endless immensity of the sea. Will Howard is going to make Ohio State fans long for the endless immensity of the sea. That's what I have to say about his pocket presence. He, he's, he's the leader. He is the guy. And even when he's not on the field, he's cheered on the next guy. When Avery Johnson was in to run the football for Kansas State, when Will Howard was banged up, and that's part of that as well. He hasn't stayed healthy consistently. But when he's on the sideline, he's still up and at it. Pocket presence, leadership, you got the guy. You got the guy in Will Howard who is also going to be a fan favorite. He's going to walk in day one, and fans are going to love him. Drake, it sounds like you're describing a guy that Ohio State has been desiring this season at quarterback. I was a guy that defended Kyle McCord throughout Mm -hmm. the year, and even more so after he transferred. I kind of found myself kind of defending him because people were throwing stones at him when he didn't deserve those stones to be thrown at him. He was a guy that first year starting quarterback. You're going to have ups. You're going to have downs. You're going to throw picks only through six. You're not going to throw for 4,000 plus passing yards. Like that's not expected. But what he did this year was pretty good for the circumstances that were surrounding Mm -hmm. him. So I found myself defending McCord, but I also saw there are things in his game, leadership, maybe in a different style of leadership, or maybe the pocket awareness, which I ask about. Yeah. Maybe there was just a different, style that needed to be happening on the field or in the locker room 
for the team to be more successful on offense. You're describing mm-hmm. things that Buckeye fans have been desiring. And as much as I like McCord, I'm glad Will Howard is transferring to Ohio State. And even if McCord and Howard are the same with their arm talent, yeah. Will Howard's legs make him a different animal at quarterback for Ohio State next year. Yeah, and, and look, Will Howard is not the kind of guy that you run an option play and he's going to break it with his speed for 45. That's he's not... He's done a, it, though. He's I've done it. it with my eyes. He's done it, but I, I, he is more of the when needed. When he is, He's smart in that way of, look, he's not going to risk it with his legs when he doesn't have to, and with his arm, he usually doesn't risk it. Now, when you see 24 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, that's not the usual pedigree of a 40-touchdown, 35-touchdown, right, right. and seven-interception guy, right? That's who you want in the transfer portal. So let me give you this. When it comes to Kyle McCord, he was hotly contested. To, in my opinion, Jay, I think you, you you really landed the plane. He wasn't the darling. He wasn't Ohio State's darling. Your quarterback is supposed to be the guy who can throw two picks in a game, come to the podium, and everybody still loves him because he says the right things. He, he embraces the university and the fan base well. I don't want to crap all over Kyle McCord who just transferred, but I do want to say... There's got to be that in a quarterback for him to win over the fan base, to win over a university, to lose a football game because that happens or to throw two picks because that happens and still be beloved. I think Will Howard has that edge, not just in the locker room with the fans too, to have, hey, look, you know, we, we lost. I threw two picks. I have to be better. We have to be better. He's that kind of character. And to me, as a football fan, that's where you can throw 30 touchdowns, but also 10 interceptions and still be your school's quarterback. That's so key. We've heard a lot about Will Howard's strengths from Drake Toll of Locked on Big 12. But what about his weaknesses? Let's dive into that next after the break. So I don't like coming on shows and opening things up with a negative comment or something that's more of a hot take or just my own personal take that gets people saying Jay's being negative, Jay's throwing stones at so-and-so. And so sometimes you got to do it. I've had to do it this week about Ryan Day. I didn't want to open this up about negative stuff with Will Howard. What are some weaknesses that you see in his game? Yeah, certainly inconsistency being the first. You don't You've know mentioned when, that. You mentioned it. Right. Which version of Will Howard you're always going to get from his QBR and what that looks like game to game. And and look, if you go up and down his stat lines, which I, I need to add some context. The Iowa State game where he was 24 for 48, there was a, a snowstorm where there was a foot and a half of snow on the ground uh, in that ball game in Manhattan. You look at the Texas game where he's at negative 23 rushing yards. I think the, what the number was. That's because the Texas defensive line was dominating oh, Kansas gosh, yeah. State. And he still threw for 327 yards. Look at the Kansas game where he only had 165 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. I watched that one start to finish and he looked bad. I walked away thinking, I see why Kansas State fans are ready for there to be a new era in Manhattan. The Baylor game, though, 19 for 29, 235, three touchdowns. Felt like that game encompassed what he does best, and that is play when playing an inferior opponent, especially he plays up. And, and puts on a show. Watching that game, there was nothing Baylor could do, despite being, you know, them being porous, to stop him. Houston, crisp. That TCU game, he, he just does enough when asked to do so. But with that comes the inconsistency on the top side. When you need somebody to go win the game at the end, is Will Howard always going to be that guy? No. The answer is no. He is not, to me, elite or national championship caliber because he has not shown that 
at he's not shown that level of play consistently enough. Hmm. I was hoping that was a different response to that statement you made. <laughs> I was hoping uh, that you were like, oh, yes, he can. But no, he can't. Which really, in my head as you're saying that about him and weaknesses, yeah. he's surrounded with talent that's different than what he had at Kansas 100%. 100%, 100%. So 100%. with the receiving room, that is, I think the receivers next year are actually going to be better in totality uh, than they were this year. I'm not the biggest Julian Fleming guy in the passing game. Yeah. I understand his leadership. I understand uh, his run blocking as a receiver. But in the passing game, like what you're meant out, what you're out there to do is catch the ball. I wasn't really yes. saying throw the ball to him. But Emeka Abuka, not sure what Marvin Harrison Jr. is doing. I think he's going to the NFL. I, that's my assumption. But with the younger receivers there, Will Howard will have so much talent at receiver mm-hmm. and then also talent at tight end and running back that will, that will make his job easier. So some of the inconsistencies you've talked about, yeah. I wonder how the elevated talent at Ohio State will maybe limit the inconsistent play that he had at Kansas State. Yeah, that's why I put a pin in those for for two reasons, really. The first being the talent at Ohio State is better than Kansas State. You can't argue with that. The second reason I throw a pin in it is injuries. If we see a completely healthy, a completely healthy Will Howard the rest of this year, can he be what Michael Penix Jr. was? Now is the that that's asking a lot. It's asking it a lot. Look at, but is. look at what Michael Penix Jr. was when he got hurt. It was oh, what what he could be, right? But he's inconsistent because of injury. We haven't seen him at his top level. Then he goes to Washington, who has a national championship caliber roster. Obviously, they're right there, and he balls out. Will Howard can do that. I can't confidently say that he will because of what I've seen, but he's got that potential. And I've seen that in flashes now with the talent of Ohio state, given that he has been tossed the key. He went from having a real blue chip 1994 Chevy. <laughs> yeah. top. He had like a, a good old fashioned. It's still running at Kansas state. And I love that kind of blue collar football, but at Ohio state, here's the keys to the Maserati drive it. And as long as he doesn't drive it off a cliff, and I don't think he will now with this level of talent, staying healthy, getting oil changes when needed, he's going to be just fine. And that's why, Jay, I think this is a win for Ohio State because Will Howard's upside and experience gives him an edge. Well, do I think he is the key that could beat Michigan? Can't say yes yet, but there's a chance. Not diving in there yet. That's going to come later <laughs> on, possibly next week. But when I think about Will Howard, though, the quarterback, this is – let me go in my brain really quick. He's the most experienced quarterback Ryan Day's had at Ohio – outside of JT Barrett back in 2017, but that was a long time ago. I was barely alive for that. Yeah, we didn't have to get in that. Dwayne Haskins, 2018, first time being a starter. 19-20 and with Fields, first time being a starter. Stroud, two years, first time being a starter. Same with this year with McCord. Will Howard has the most starting experience out of any of Ryan Day's quarterbacks outside of his first year as Ohio State's OC. So I really wonder if Ryan Day takes a different approach because Mm -hmm. of the leadership qualities that Will Howard brings in and the experience that he brings to the table to Columbus. I believe, Drake, you may correct me. I think he's had 30 starts during his career. So that number there, 30, that's huge. I mean, most of the quarterbacks Ryan has coached as head coach, and even Dwayne Haskins, they haven't played 30 games total. Yep. So now you add in 30 starts, you add in the experience, you add in the arm, you add in the 
talent, the dual threat, which is so weird, 6'5", 240, but the yeah. dual threat impact that he has on the field. Buddy, I'm looking to see what kind of version of Ryan Day we get next year. That's Does he kind of take a different approach of the offense, back off a little bit, and be more on specific with yeah. the task of helping Will Howard? Because of this leadership, this offense could be different. Not let's say it's going to be like drastically different, but it could be led in a way that you have a quarterback who knows how to lead you, and it could lead to a win over Michigan, which, trust me, we all want, but also could lead to not just that win, success in the playoff in the upcoming season. Yeah, and I just I, we have to go back to it again. The, using the words dual threat, I don't know if twenty four seven would, but we have to with the way with what I've seen it's from so Henry weird, Hill, man. It doesn't make it's a lot of so sense, weird. but he just kind of does it sometimes. And bringing that level of experience that you mentioned. Now, I will say twenty seven games Kansas State has played the last two years. They played twenty seven games. He started seventeen of those, so he spent his fair share time of time on the bench due to injury, due to being banged up and getting limited play or splitting time with an Adrian Martinez or an Avery Johnson. So. This is not a guy, while he has a lot of experience, I know I've touched on that, he doesn't have experience at the top level because of splitting time, because of the fact that he has been injured so often. So with that, is it a scenario where Ryan Day says, here are the keys truly to the Maserati. I'm going to throw them to you, Will Howard. This is your team. I think he can, but keep in mind, 17 out of 27 games the last two years, a history of being injured, has split time with other dynamic quarterbacks. Those things still are at play here. And that's why, again, I can't give it an A plus for Will Howard. Drake, appreciate you have coming on the show. Guys, coming yeah. up next, we'll kind of compare Will Howard and Kyle McCord and see how they stack up the previous Ohio State QB1 and the guy who I believe will be calling the shots for Ohio State's offense in the fall. If you want to follow Drake Toll on X, go there. Go at Drake C. Toll. What an invigorating conversation. Also, 100% love Kansas State, and Ohio State is a Maserati that usually underachieves. Kansas State is a beautiful mid-90s, mid-90s Chevy. I think it's a great way to explain any Big 12 team that always overachieves and still gets the job done. He has more weapons at Ohio State? Sure. Will he actually win with it? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah. Had to be nice, though, if that, that guy's show. Uh, I think Will Howard's good. I think Avery Johnson's going to be really good, too. And I can see why Ohio State fans were ready. Uh, this has been It Always Will Be. Come back later. Hey, Monday. I'll see you guys then. I got to move out of my house and wake up. I'm picking a new job. Locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. No say grande.